Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary stats. Goal by my hand, a three-point goal for Dax my hand. I just got chill bump. we got a first here, first football coach. Uh, we have Evan Merrick, the uh, football coach at Marshall County, the head football coach at Marshall County, going into your second season second as the season. head football uh-huh. coach. Uh, coach, glad to have you. I appreciate it being on. We, I will tell you, we usually open with a question uh, when I know the, uh, the coach is pretty well. We open with a question of where did you first meet the legend? But we really don't have that for yeah. you because you know yeah, I guess we, tonight and well, other nights. Yeah, the, we're 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 on week one yeah. with my relationship with the legend, but it's we're off to a good start. So good. Well, hey, uh, let's just get started. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, okay. Uh, tell us tell us about Evan Merrick. Tell us your background, uh, where you grew up, where you okay. went to school, and maybe some of the sports you played and some of your early memories of sports. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, going uh, back and kind of where I kind of started a little bit. Uh, I was a Simpsonia boy in uh, northern end of Graves County. Uh, went there and, of course, uh, 2001 graduate of, of Graves County High School. So my early days was in the Simpsonia community, which playing sports, uh, we, we, we played all three. You know, as the seasons changed, I played baseball in the summer, basketball, and then, then football. Then uh, around middle school, it, it kind of got to be two, you know, where it was just baseball and football. And then about my second year of high school, it just got to be one, you know, and uh, got to, you know, learn a lot of, a lot of good things, meet some people along the way. And, uh, you know, we, we took that, uh, went and played four more years at Campbellsville University, got to extend my career there. And probably about halfway through high school, um, you know, had the desire that, you know, what do you want to be when, when, when you graduate? And I, I wanted to get into coaching. I mean, you think about you, you, you love the game, but, you know, your, your athletic ability, whatever you, athletic ability you do have is eventually going to kind of, uh, you know, dissipate, I guess you'd say. And uh, this is where you can stay in the game. So I was able to, you know, play uh, fortune, you know, four years of college football and then got to be around some, you know, good men, good coaches. And then lucky enough uh got out was in a year as a assistant on uh, mike lawson's staff in uh, 2006 and then the next year i was uh assistant on uh, that team that went to the third round of playoffs on thanksgiving weekend against st nick so as a coach the coaching side of things it it you know it hey, this is this is great you know it, you know you get to you know play at a you know pretty high level and you know lucky enough you know being at marshall county I've, I've gotten to be here eight years as an assistant like we talked about um earlier there that uh you know two years as head coach and still reside in the simpsonia area and uh you know uh, look, look forward to uh, many years to come in that regard now coach let me interrupt you there you know, we may have crossed paths, and you not realized it. Uh, I grew up in Reedland. Mm-hmm. You know where the ball fields are in yeah. Reedland. Oh yeah, uh, the Indians Auto Transmission sign, the brick house at the top of that hill. You probably saw the glow coming off of my yes, the glow of the legend on the hill there above you at Simpsonia. Well, let me tell you, that's where I got my first athletic career. That might that might be why we're here today. You know, because uh, I did. I played in the Reedland Farley Little League system, and uh, you know, there may be more to it than we realize. Yeah, yeah. So, so there may be. We're going to have to do a little more research on that. <laughs> so, uh, coach, you talk about you played at Campbellsville. Who'd you play for at Campbellsville? Uh, Ron Finley recruited me there, and of course, he was kind of the the coach that started the program. Which those smaller NAI schools, many of them start. Started football in the probably mid to late 80s, and I think Campbellsville got that in 1987. And he was uh, a retired high school coach, uh, coach at Russell uh, Russell County, I believe it was, and 
a few other places and kind of on the backside of his career started that up and uh recruited me out of high school and and, and of course he he had that program uh and it headed in the right direction and then uh two years in he he retired and it was one of those deals where i mean he he had you know 40 years of coaching in he he was in, in some circles they considered him kind of the joe paterno of small college football in, in, in some ways and mark peach took over uh mark currently is uh head coach at anderson county high school and i've got still a good relationship with him and that's kind of what you realize when you're in sports as a player and as a coach and as we had talked about off the air a little bit the the people you meet along the way and you know your your huddle gets bigger as as they say uh as that goes but i played two years for coach peach and then from there kind of got into coaching on my own and and you know we talked about where what got us to here now, were, were you around – the Tillman used to have a coach that had been at Campbellsville. Yeah. Right? Thomas? Uh, yeah, Perry Thomas. Mm-hmm. I, it, I um, actually played uh, against Coach Thomas when we was at Graves County. Oh. You know, he, he was there uh, the three years I was in high school, and uh, we actually uh, – I think we won against Tillman one of those years. And, then, of course, by the time he got that program going, he, he didn't lose a lot of local games there at the time. And then eventually, you know, he had the, uh, the teams with Hunter Cantwell and, uh, you know, played in the semifinals of the state against Boyle County. And then, of course – by the time I finished at Campbellsville, about three years later, he got the job there. So I, he's another guy that that you know I still kind of ha- have a contact with, and he's a you know person. If you go back on campus, you can speak, and you know he's he's very <clears throat> he's very open about you know the program, and he's, he's good to the alumni there. And just to give you an idea, and, and our listeners an idea as to my evaluator or my evaluation skills as a football evaluator. Hunter Cantwell, I thought, was a pretty average quarterback. I didn't really think he was much, and he ended up in the NFL. So, so that, that'll give you an idea of what I know about football. So. And he's uh, currently the quarterback's coach at Campbellsville, so he may be somebody you want to have on the legend at some point. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. So let's go back to, you know, you talked about you decided you wanted to be a coach. What what was it that drew you or, or drew you into wanting to be a coach? Well, I mean, you talk about, you know, going to work and enjoying your job every day. Well, I mean, growing up, you know, sports was, was life. And, you know, you, you start thinking about what is it like to not have a football season. And I can I can go back today. I'm 32, and I it was before I was eight years old. So I don't know what the other side of that really is. And, and that's kind of become a part of my life. And, uh, you know, that's that's where you get to be around young men, um, you know, to where you can have a positive influence. Uh, you know, and, it, and it, you teach them X's and O's. You teach them the game. But, but then again, you want to make sure you, you teach them those life lessons that help them out, you know, beyond – you know the game and then hopefully you get some guys that you want to stay in it in some capacity and maybe coach them themselves but whatever career path they choose you, you want to be successful at going back to your high school days who was your coach at graves i um kind of similar to college um i played under jay buckley for one year and jay was just like uh, coach finley had started the program at graves county right. and uh you know several, several similarities there with that and uh he actually uh you know took a job i think at tillman you know so so paths are crossing all over the place there but uh anthony hatchell was was uh, my coach for uh, my final three years there and then we went and kind of turned that program around i know my first couple years we had some you know struggling seasons and then uh my junior and senior year we had uh you know actually won won a playoff game and played in the second round so by the time i graduated at that particular time we was the team that went the farthest in the playoff of any any graves county team of course that last year they eclipsed that obviously but there there for a while the second round was was kind of the the sticking point so going back to your your early days as an assistant uh kind of talk about some of the things you learned uh kind of you didn't realize you were going to learn as a player you know 
players have one perspective of coaches, but talk about your perspective as an assistant and how you think it prepared you to be eventually the head coach. Well, you know, when you, you have that transition from a player to a coach, and as a player, you know, you, you feel like you're a student of the game, you learn it and whatnot, and you learn your role and in, in the greater, you know, perspective of things. And then it, it was a tougher transition than I realized, you know, when, when you become into coaching because of the things that, that coaches have to, you know, pay attention to and watch. And you, know, you got to think of the demeanor of your athletes and what might happen, you know. So, so that, that took actually probably a year or two just to kind of get from that transition to you know that you know player to to that coach and then as you you know go through it and and you realize you know kind of you get in the flow of of you you keep learning you know and and as a coach I always want to be that coach that continues to learn as well and I've I've had some good fortune to to be involved in Marshall County you know program uh, like I said for eight years and and under three uh, previous head coaches and each of those guys taught me several things about, you know, their own philosophy. And you kind of, as you, as you develop your, your your personal philosophy, you pick and, and take things from the guys you had along the lines, which I had two coaches in high school. I had two coaches in college. And then I was a part of uh, three staffs at Marshall County. And I failed to mention earlier, but while I student taught at Campbellsville High School, I was a volunteer assistant there. So I did get to spend one, one year there as well. So, you know, put all that together, I was looking at, uh, you know, working with eight, you know, head coaches and be a part of eight different philosophies as I kind of develop my own. So, so obviously each of those coaches had their own different style. And, and so I, I'm sure you took a little from each, a little from that. Was there any one coach that you would say, uh, you know, they, a lot of people talk about Mike Krzyzewski was a protege of Bobby Knight, uh, did a lot of the things Bobby Knight did, but maybe left some of the bad things away. Was there any one coach that you could say, you know, that's the guy that I really uh, maybe my adopted or my style most resembles? Probably closest to that would be Ron Finley at, at Campbellsville. And it, it was it was really cool to, to get to experience that with him because he was on the backside of his career, you know, in, in, in the 40-plus years he had a coach, and he had seen a lot. And, and one of the things he said is, the difference in a high school athlete and a college athlete is just two years. You know, of course, you, you got a you know different you know skill set and level of ability. But you know, he was able to transition from a high, former high school coach to a college coach and a successful one at that. And uh, you know, he he put his players first. You know, and, and and that was evident in the things that he did. And of course, coaching at a small college, you know, you had kind of that camaraderie that you might not have at some other places. And uh, you saw that firsthand with him. And uh, as a coach, I, I learned that you know he was very good at delegating. Um, you know, he had a good staff around him, and that's something that that I'm hoping to kind of bring to this program going forward, getting us back to where where we need to be. Well, you know, talk about that staff because I have to tell you, at the booster meeting the other night. I didn't realize who all your coaches were. So if you will, take a second and kind of walk us through each of your coaches because there were a couple of uh, surprises as I heard who was uh, who was doing the coaches. But go through that. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, several of these guys, uh, uh, you know, Jason Fight in particular had been here the longest. He's been an assistant there for 14 years. And he, he goes back. I, I don't think he got to coach with Jim Shelton, but he came on board the year after. And Jim had, had kind of hand in the program for, for a while. And, you know, he, he had been around. He's kind of been that, that steady hand on the offensive and defensive lines. And if you're – if you're, uh, you know, around football uh, at any level, having that line coach, it's steady that, you know, uh, and he was a former offensive lineman himself. And, um, you know, knowing what those guys go through, he, he does a tremendous job at that and, and proud to have him on board. Um, you know, of course, Tyler Brockman, I coach alongside him as an assistant, and uh, he's my offense coordinator now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Good, good, solid background in football. Of course, his brother is a quarterback coach at Murray State. and he was uh, quite a quarterback at Murray State. Yes, he State. was. Yeah. yeah, I think he holds most of the passing records uh, still today. You know, so uh, having Tyler on board is uh, a big help. Of course, I can call him the young guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 32, but uh, he's still in his 20s, so I'm kind of, you know, you know, hold that over his head a little bit. And, uh, 
Also on the offensive end, you've got uh, Nathan Basil. Um, you know, Nathan, he's, he's going on to his, going into his fifth year and really kind of coming to his own as a coach. Uh, you know, he wears a lot of hats for us. Uh, he'll be calling the uh, offense in the freshman games this year. Uh, coaches running backs and uh, also over our special teams. And he's, he's a, also a, a growing young coach, I should say, because he's younger than me, you know. But uh, And then uh, Jeff Sturm, which me and you share. Jeff yeah. is, a, is a former Reedland uh, head coach in football, and I think he, he did a little yeah, basketball yeah. there. He actually was my seventh grade basketball coach. So someone who you could kind of say helped develop the legend. There you go. You know, so and uh, and I think uh, my son, Blake, has, uh, who's a freshman, has talked about that Coach Sturm has called him Dak several times. So, uh, which he, I guess, he's kind of used to that. So, but yeah. You know, and then you go on the defensive side, which uh, new to our program this year is uh, is David Morris. You know, David has, has been uh, uh, head of our Star Academy program for, I think, about nine years. And, and uh, of course, if you know anything about the Morris family, football in West Kentucky, they, they got a, you know, big hand in that. You know, his dad, Jack Morris, is, is, you know, a big part of, you know, several state title teams Mayfield has. And, of course, his brother Joe as well. Well, you know, you don't realize David was either playing and coaching on a lot of those teams, you know. And, uh, you know, we hit – I hit David up back in the back in the winter. I had a couple openings and, you know, thought, well, we'll just, just try and see if, if we got a chance here. And he, he agreed to, you know, take on the role and he's going to help us in our second. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard – that having a Morris on your staff is worth seven points every game. I, I've heard hey, that. I'll, I'll take that. You yeah, know, we'll, we'll, we'll take whatever multiplier we can get with that. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, uh, we also have uh, Coach Tracy Cleaver, who had been you know on staff in some capacity for twenty years. Uh, been a part of some of the greater Marshall County teams we had, and, yeah. and even was um, head coach for three years. That's what I was fixing to say. That's the one that kind of jumped out at me when I heard. Because uh, I knew that name, and I, you know, I was gone to Mississippi for a few years out of high school. I missed a, a certain era there, but I did remember that name as being a head coach. Right, you know. So on, on the current staff, I've got three former head coaches, and, and, and it helps me. And, and I'm not, you know, shy to say that, you know, as, as a head coach, I, I again want to learn learn that game. So those are guys that you know have had those experiences and can kind of share those things going forward. And, and Tracy can can tell you about the '95 team that that he played in the state semifinals, and he is on a team, first team to beat Mayfield and Tillman in this program. So. So there's there's a lot of cool things there, and he's also a, a former Marshall County Marshal, you know. So I, I feel like that, that kind of expands our history a little bit. Also on staff, we got a couple of volunteer guys, Ed Deese, um, you know, his sons Griffin and Will uh, are, are players for us. Uh, he he uh, works for Avery Express out in Mayfield, but but is very very devoted to the program. And of course, Evan Farley is a guy that's fresh out of college. So I feel like you know our staff has a collection of personalities, and I, and I think as you kind of build a team and put put a team together, you want to have that staff that kind of can relate to the many personalities you have on a football team mm-hmm. you know so i feel like that's that's something that's going to going to give us strength going forward yeah definitely a solid staff i mean that like i say that's that's what really took my breath when i heard those names at that first meeting i was like wow that's that's a pretty talented staff for for that so let's go back let's talk about year one okay you uh you get the head coaching job you step in talk about um the transition you know from going from an assistant coach to a head coach and maybe some of the things you learned and and even and and maybe focus on some of the some of your successes from your standpoint year one things you think you did well and then later we'll talk about well maybe what didn't go so well sure yeah uh, you know we uh i got the job in late april which you know uh was in the middle of spring football, and, and we took kind of what we had going forward to kind of get this first year together. And, and the staff that I mentioned, majority of those guys was on my first staff. You know, I, I had a coach, Cleveland Coach Morris, but uh, we kind of had kind of a vested interest of, of you know, what direction we wanted to head in. And uh, 
going to that first summer, uh, you know, the difference between an assistant coach, a head coach is, again, almost like going from a player to a coach again. You know, you, you have so many more administrative duties that uh, you think you know going in what to expect, but but every day is kind of a new adventure. But you learn on the fly. And like I say, I'm, I'm big on, you know, learning as we go. And I think that's that's the thing that when I quit learning, maybe the time to, to move on, you know, because I think that's, that's what every coach needs to do. And going into year one, we, we felt like changing the mentality was, was a big thing. And when you have long seasons, and as coaches, we experience that too, it's easy to kind of get downtrodden a little bit. And, and we saw that in our guys over the years. So kind of getting enthusiasm back in the game, getting the game to be to be fun again, you know, to where kids can, you know, enjoy going out to practice and, you know, and, and, and work on their craft and, and, you know, feel like they're, they're you know, improving along the way. And uh, I don't know that we, you know, really show that on the scoreboard as much as, as you would have seen if you came out to practice. You know, if, we, if, you, if you saw that mindset change, I believe, you know, we, we felt like we went, you know, miles on that end that will, I think, reflect more so going into this season uh, in 2015. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to walk into any – any program, and, and especially a program maybe that's been struggling a little bit, and walk in day one and make a huge change. So, so uh, you talked about the successes you saw in practice, you saw player development, you saw those kind of things. Talk about maybe things that, and, and I'm not trying to be negative here, but talk about uh, maybe some of the things that you thought you would be able to do that maybe you didn't. Maybe how you're going to change them going into year two? Well, you know, teaching teaching kids how to win is is a big thing, and that's that's something that I think nobody really has the answer to because if you did you could sell it you know but uh you know and, and there's there's the human element that the kid has to you know kind of decide you know on his own and and kind of trying to foster that winning attitude is is one of the things that, that we want to try to you know pick up and go into year two um if you spend any time with our players you'll talk about our off-season program and i think that's where it starts you know and and, and again i i want our kids to be involved in as many things as they can be in but you know those those kids that if they're football only kids we, we got them working in the winter time and uh we got what we call uh you know the battalion games and, and it's something that I picked up from Mike Sherman who uh, coached for the Packers coached yeah. at Texas A&M well, in his book he splits his team up into uh, five different battalions and uh, one of the things we do we elect senior leaders most of them are four year seniors and uh, they're over this battalion and uh, you know their job is to kind of be accountability to them you know and we go over you know make sure your grades are up um, make sure you know you're accountable to you know to your workout schedule and things like that and that's a way to kind of build that trust in them and then uh, you know, Every Friday we'd have a battalion game, whether that be, you know, dodgeball, you know, we, we, we might play a seven on seven tug of war, but somebody's winning, you know, and you're developing that, you know, you feel success kind of thing. And, and, you know, we even kind of incorporated that in our practices last year to where I may, you know, single out two guys, one guy's a receiver, one guy's a DB. All right, you know, let's put it on the line. Who's who's behind this guy? Who's behind that guy? And we make it fun, but at the same time, you're playing for something, you know. And uh, you know, having that, you know, a little bit of feeling of uh, of success, I think, is what's going to kind of help foster that, you know, big experience when we have have those big wins coming up, you know. So that's some of the things that we did kind of last year in year one that I think will expand as we go into year two. Yeah, and you know, one thing I, I hear coming out of that is is you're fostering competition, which ultimately every game you play is competition, and so if you're if you're you know so you have to win to know how to win and you have to have success to it breeds success like you're talking about and so it sounds like a really uh a really good um way to move forward is hey if they're having success within the squad then also we can push this to the team and have success right yeah, yeah. and that's that's the overall goal and uh you know they, they they have to i think you know be able to achieve some things they've never done before and you, and you may have heard uh blake talk about or some of the players talk about 
to start the season, we do a conditioning test. And, uh, you know, that's, that's some of the things that you might not have ever had to do, but it kind of shows accountability that, that you're willing to put forth the effort to get the chance to come out and compete with us. So I, I think year one, we kind of did that as, as a test, but it turned out to be one of them deals where it's like, hey, let's, let's, let's make this an every year thing. And, and, and we, I think we'll do that going forward. Yeah, Blake, uh, I think Blake, Blake thought he was going to get out of the conditioning test because he was a freshman and then he showed up and they got to go through it. So he, he came in and he said, uh, I said, well, how'd it go? He said, I had to do the conditioning test, but I think he said he almost made it. He said, well, you know, we, yeah, we, we kind of, as, as, you know, freshmen come in, we understand, you know, they, they're transitioning from middle school and, you know, they're, they're trying to get used to being in high school. So, so we, we, you know, help them in that transitional process. So they get to, you know, kind of perform as an exhibition, you know, they, they, you know, kind of get a feel for it, but that, that that sophomore year after they spent a year in the program, we kind of, you know, up the ante a little bit. And I, and I think the kids like it. And, and, you know, the kids, once they once they get to that point, now it's time to move forward and get into the season. Well, so we talked about year one, year two. Talk about talk about some of the long-term goals of your program. What, you know, looking beyond – you know, this year, what, where, where do you, where do you see the Marsh County program going under your guidance? Or what are the things you're, you're looking to achieve? Maybe some, what are the bars you're wanting to set? Just, just kind of talk about your vision for the program. Well, you know, you, you talk about, you know, I mean, you, you look at wins and losses, and I think that's how every coach is, is assessed and how the programs, you know, assess in the community. But, uh, but I want it to be to where our kids, you know, are also, you know, good citizens in society as well, you know, and they're, and they're doing the things that uh, it's going to help them be, uh, you know, eventually you know, when they get out in their own careers that they're going to, you know, be able to be successful, you know, citizens and whatnot. But, uh, you know, when we talk about the, the football side of things, we, we want to try to, uh, you know, go go through it from a kind of a top-down approach. Um, and I felt, felt like last year we was able to kind of get our hand in the, um, in the high school program and kind of change that mentality. And I'm hoping, you know, that pays dividends going into this season and um, – you know, we're, we're looking at maybe it kind of expanded that into the middle school. Uh, you know, I was sharing earlier, uh, our middle school, uh, this summer is going to get to go down to a seven on seven big man challenge in Memphis. And that's something that they haven't got to do before, but it's going to develop excitement in our program. Uh, middle school also had a, uh, seven on seven back in May. So, you know, as we go top down, we, you know, getting those lower grades, even down in elementary school to where that mindset we talk about, you know, about, you know, getting, getting that winning mindset is where it cycles through. And I think you can, you can have a level of sustainability. You know, and kind of the, you know, the uh, expectation in sports uh, around here, you know, when you talk about basketball, you talk about baseball, is is winning regional titles. I think that's kind of the standard around here. Uh, when you look at football, uh, let's focus on district titles. I mean, you look at the great Marshall County teams we had. We won a district title in, in 06, won one in 98, 95. So if you kind of, you know, in comparison – you know, a district title based on the, that kind of a standard is kind of in comparison to a regional title. And, uh, you know, regional titles in football, you, you win two playoff games to get there. And I, and I think in the 5A level to where, uh, you know, we are currently now, Graves County kind of, you know, show that that can be done. So that's kind of a, uh, you know, a goal to shoot for. And, uh, you know, as a, as a county school, we're going to have years to where that's, I think, achievable and hopefully in the near future. Okay. So, so talk to me, and, and I haven't done as much reading as I should have been. We've gone from a 6A to a 5A. Kind of talk about how that occurred. I, I, I'll be honest with you, asking this question, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I knew I know that it, a lot of it has to do with your enrollments, uh, but was there more to it than that? Or uh, it it is. Uh, 1A and 6A, there's a cap. I think it's at 36 schools. You know, the top 36 are 6A. The top or the bottom 36 are, are 1A. And uh, you know, we were in that top class for a good while, and 
And uh, it wasn't because we got smaller, really, as, as, as a district. It was just, you know, you got schools like McCracken, you know, that, that, that came in. And, and as those schools consolidated, it, it, it kind of bumped us down, okay. which, uh, you know, at the state level, you know, you, you like to compete at the highest level. And, and we were able to do that. But now going down to 5A, that that puts us um, on par with, with schools more our enrollment size. You know, we look at the private schools in, uh, in Louisville. They'll have 1,500 students, but they're all boys. Oh, you know, so, I mean, you're saying X and Trinities have 1,500 boys in, in the school. We may have seven or 800. So, you know, in comparison, we're both 6A, you know, but it's daylight and dark as, as far as how that goes. Well, in essence, you're t- they're twice as big as right. other schools. Sure. And, you know, I know uh, my wife comes from Mississippi, and there's a lot of other states where they don't actually let the private schools compete with the public schools for the, kind of that reason. Right. And, and I think 10 years ago, that was up for debate, you know, through the Kentucky Board of Control. And, and like I say, you know, we'll, we'll play whoever's on schedule. But at the same time, I think, you know, going to 5A, we're going to be in, you know, in a district with more comparable size schools. So I think, you know, that's going to help us going forward. Which you look at our district coming up, you got Owensboro Senior, who moved up from 4A, and then Graves County, who both, you know, competed in the state title game last year, which neither one of them happened to win. But you got two teams teams in your district that played in Bowling Green first week of December. You know, I'm handing you a kid as a freshman, and I truly am handing you a kid that's a freshman. Tell me, what should I expect four years from now for that kid, about his development and and about what you've done for him as a coach and what he's become as a player? Just kind of of talk about what you can expect the next four years for that kid. Okay. Uh, You know, for for this kid coming to the program, which right now he's he's probably, you know, ingesting every day that this is high school football and it's not middle school football. And, and, you know, we're going to play at a faster pace. And one thing I did is is open up the – and and should have shared this earlier, but this year's freshman gets gets to uh, participate in everything the VAR does you know and, and i think that's going to help our buy-in a little bit more we've already had some seven on seven competitions where, where they've gotten to compete so so getting them in that mindset of being a high schooler i think is, is a big part you know getting them on the front end and that'll help them as they transition into the school year as well uh but but to understand that you know they're they're you know they need to take every four the whole four years not not you know look to being a senior when you're a freshman i think we all tend to do that you know that's that's part of just you know not having the patience sometimes is you know take each step along the way to uh to make the most of that and you know as they go through these off-season programs and as they kind of develop themselves and and one of the things that i hope is to bring that level of stability, which I was, you know, here eight years as an assistant, but in those eight years under three different head coaches. So I felt like prior to, uh, to, you know, last year, you know, we never got through with turnover before we had to experience another one, you know. So I think that, you know, hopefully will change as a kid has some, you know, sustainability in the program. And then as we develop, you know, some success, uh, you know, on the field and off the field, uh, you know, you develop that, that confidence, that work ethic, you know, that, that I believe uh, will, will be paramount and then helping them develop, you know, on the field. And, you know, by the time, you know, they, they go through that sophomore year, that sophomore year is, is kind of a transition year because you don't have, you don't play with your age anymore, really. Uh, you know, as you start out playing third grade football, you play with third grade, fourth grade fifth grade and then you know even your freshman year you play with people your same age and as a sophomore now you're looking at jv or varsity you know and 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 you don't want to get lost in that shuffle that i think you know some some sophomores you know want to want want to be ready for varsity and and as a coach i think you know 
you know, we, we don't want to play a sophomore unless we have to. You know, in many cases we do, you know, but but at the same time, you know, you, you would like your, your varsity team to be, you know, junior and senior driven. Now, is that from a physical standpoint or mental or both? Uh, both. Both it really is, you know, and some kids are, are phenomenal athletes and, and, and you're doing them an injustice not to play them as a sophomore, you know, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to make sure that they're ready when that time comes. And, and if, a, if a kid comes in as a sophomore, he's ready, let's, let's go with it. But if you don't play varsity as a sophomore, don't write your career off. You know, I think, you know, many times you see a lot of good athletes leave that sport because they get frustrated at that time of the game, you know, so, so buy your time, you know, continue to develop, you know, listen to your coaches. Cause I, you know, when, when, when I tell kids that, you know, hey, if we're correcting you, that means we see something we want to get more out of you. You know, when, when, you know, you mess up and nobody tells you you did wrong, that's when, that's when we got problems, you know, so, so that sophomore year, I think is, is, is kind of a time to where, they, um, you know, they, they can kind of see growth a little bit more. And then, of course, when you're a junior or senior, it's 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 time to you know put put those first two years to use and and you know finish your high school career strong. What is the perfect kid that walks out there to play for you? Well, it's that kid that that, that gets every day gets up every day that that feels like they have something to prove. You know, and it, it would be nice to coach all these kids that are six three and run a four four forty, but but that's not going to happen. You know, and, and if they do that, you know, that's that's great. But but in the real world, you know, you want that kid that. It's going to take his skill, his God-given ability, and use it to the best, best you know, of his ability. And uh, I believe if if you got that workman's mentality and you can maximize your potential, you can play this game. You know that's why you know you go back to you know you start out as a freshman. It's what's that's that's great. When you're a freshman, you got the whole you got everything's in front of you. And and people told me that when I was a freshman in high school, and and, and you thought you you thought you understood then, but as you get on the backside of your playing career, it's like man, how cool would it be? How cool would it be to start as a freshman in high school all over again, knowing what you know now? You know, I mean that's that's the cool thing about it. So that's that's some things. I mean, as, as you look at the ideal player, is is somebody that wants to go to work every day and feels like they got something to go out and prove one one thing a common theme that we see in a lot of these podcasts is in athletics and in coaching a lot of it comes back around to the parents and the parents can make or break you talk about what what you need as a coach from a parent standpoint or what do you feel the parents role is with a successful football program uh you know i think a parent's role when you look at you know what makes a team you got you got your players you got your coaches and you got your parents and and i think it's a common theme it all surrounds around trust you know i think you know a a parent's going to have to trust you know the coach is going to do everything they can to you know get the most out of their kid you know that kid's going to have to trust you know that uh you know that that coach as well well, as a coach, we got to trust that this kid's giving you know their best effort every day, and they're going to do the things that's, that's going to work, you know, for the program. We got to trust that parent that they're you know promoting your program, you know, at home and things such as that. So I think trust is a big factor there, and then just uh, you know trust and love, and and again that goes goes back to uh, to a lot of things that. Um, that I have seen over the years in coaching, because if you love the game, you love the kids you coach. I think you're in it for the right reasons, and and I think in the end, your kid, you know, your players are, are going to see benefit from that, you know. And as as a parent, you're going to you know trust and love your child. So you know, if you're if you're looking at their best interest, I think you know you know that relationship between parent and coach is going to help you know foster that kid to get to their maximum you know maximum potential. I want to go back to a question that you you uh, I'm going to take the question I just asked you. And kind of relate it back to another question. You talked about that a lot of times sophomore year is the year where kids get frustrated. You know, maybe they decide to leave a program at that point. How, what would be your advice to the parent of a kid who maybe 
feels like, and you know, we've all seen it in the leagues coming up. You know, the coaches, hey, we have an open line of communication. Come talk to us. But we'll use me as an example. Let's say sophomore year, Blake's not liking things. He's 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 uh, you know he's uh, kind of down about things. What would what would be the the line of communication? Would I need to come talk to you about it, or what would as a coach? What would be the ideal way to talk about it? I, I would want to be approachable. You know, if, if you're concerned about your son's best interest, I, I would love to talk. You know, and my general rule is we'll talk about your son and their development. I don't want to talk about playing time or, or how it relates to another player on the team because I, I I think that's that's you know fair across the board. But uh, but at the same time, you know, stay the course. Uh, I've seen many times at all levels on teams that I've been a part of, and in just watching sports in general is that player that, that might have had a slow start you know that Kurt Warner out there you know that that you know maybe a backup you know and then one guy goes down a couple of things happen and look you're you're in the starting lineup you know so you never know when that opportunity is going to come you know you know whether you're a sophomore in the program or you might be a senior that's that's given everything you've had for four years and you still hadn't cracked that starting lineup you know you gotta you gotta understand that you know you gotta roll within the team and you gotta be able to you know embrace that role um I give a lot of, I, you know, I feel like tonight even, but, but a lot of coaches quotes. I, Bobby Bowden once said, you know, if you're building a wall, you're going to have, you know, large stones, you're going to have pebbles, you know, but that, that, that's still, you got to have that pebble and that wall for it to be impenetrable or impenetrable. I use a big word there, but, you know, uh, spell that. I, I don't think question. I could, you know, uh, but, but, you know, but that's, that's kind of that mindset of, you know, whether you, you've got a big role or a small role, embrace it. And then you never know when, when you're called upon. So don't, you know, you'll always, always be ready for that time. Are there any other programs maybe around the area that you look at and, and kind of model yourself after? I know you went to Graves, so you've seen that program. Are there any that you model yourself yourself after? You don't have to say the school name, but what about those programs uh, do you take and try to make your own, if you do? Well, you got to, you know, just like with a coaching philosophy, you know, the coaches you're a part of, you kind of, you know, that you, you get a piece of them with you as you go along. Well, you look at the, you know, the programs that's had success, you know, there's, there's a reason for it. You know, a lot of that could be, you know, parental support, you know, I mean, and, and, and I think it's no, no mistake, you know, Mayfield around here is, has kind of been that standard bear, which having football for over a hundred years, you know, plays into that a big, in a big way to where, you know, you got second, third, fourth generation players. And, uh, you know, at Marshall County, we've been school for over 40 years so you're starting to get we've had second generation players for a while you're even starting to get that third generation player you know it's where you you're 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 a son of a or when you're at the dinner table you've got you know a chance to have a conversation with with you know your son about you know playing sports and stuff and i think you know you have that carryover a little bit to where you know that that becomes something that uh that i think you know stands strong when when you look at you know, what makes a program successful? It takes more than just, you know, a few people buying into it. It, it takes a community support. It takes a school administration to support it. And, uh, you know, I believe if everybody's in it for the right reasons, you're not going to see anything but success. Uh, talk about talk about some of your feeder programs and and what your thoughts are on on the youth programs of, of say, Marshall County uh, to help you. What can, what can those programs do? to help you and in essence what can you do to help them well like i said you know i, I want to be a coach that uh that, that goes down we had a little league camp um you know this year to where you know we're, we're seeing you know our elementary kids and uh you know and, and 
we had an alumni game in April as well, and I tried to actually work that out that same weekend to where, you know, I had uh, guys that was playing in the alumni game bring their kid to Lily Camp, and that was a pretty cool scene. You know, I got to meet a lot of people that way. How many ambulances did you bring to that game? Actually, we didn't have anybody get hurt, you know, you know, fortunately, you know. but um, See, I would have gotten hurt in the alumni basketball game, not not just the football game. I know for sure I would have got hurt, but, uh, but that was what kind of concerned me when I saw that. I went, ooh. Yeah, yeah, and we're actually in the planning stages for next year's game and i think we're gonna to get to host one so there'll be more information about yeah. that about that to come but uh but you know just just where you know you can make you know football relevant which i think you know with all the sports that are around today one thing that's that's unique about us is you know we're still kind of tied to football season you know i mean you can do some things in the spring but you know football is not a sport that you know really goes all year round like some of the others so anytime we can kind of you know you know, you know, put a spark into some kids. We try to do that, and uh, you know, you got your little league season that uh, you know that, that it's going to be starting up here pretty soon, and, and getting those kids playing, getting those kids excited about football, and uh, you know, where where they can kind of talk about it, you know, all year long, you know, which you live in a day of the NFL Network and, and things such as that. So, uh, but I think that's that's a starting point to that. Uh, you know, I, last year I, was, I was, had a chance to go to every elementary school and, and, and meet every every kid in the district, you know, in one way or another. So, you know, if we can just you know have that face to face contact where we just touch base with those kids you never know because you know usually when you you fall in love with the game and i share my background a little bit and you you fall in love with the game when you're a young kid you know and, and i think as as you go you know grow older you know that that becomes more of a mature type feeling you know where you kind of you, you feel devoted to it you know and then here we are sitting here talking about stuff you know years down the road that, that that happened but it all starts you know usually in elementary school with these kids so don't take you know if you're a little league coach don't take that lightly you know because you're usually probably the one that's still in is still in the love of the game and those young guys talk about uh multi-sport athletes and you have covered a little bit but kind of kind of tell us your thoughts on on multi-sport athletes and 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 your thoughts about that well you know and, and like i shared you know growing up which for me 20 years ago i mean you know kids played you know everything and i and i think you know there, it's there's still a possibility of doing that but i think sports in in a sense has kind of tried to get kids to you know look at maybe specializing you know and and that's that can be both good and bad i think you've seen success for kids that specialize at a young age uh but at the same time you know at that you know middle school and high school level you know, go ahead and play multiple sports. I think as a, as, as a football coach, we, we encourage that in, in a lot of ways. Get those guys that, you know, as you know, football season ends, go ahead and, you know, pick up, you know, basketball. Because what you're doing, you know, you're helping me because, you know, throughout the basketball season, you know, you're competing. You know, you're, 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 you're playing at a high level. You know, I'm not trying to simulate a battalion game where we're trying to, you know, get competition going. So you're, you're playing at that high level during basketball season, same way in baseball. You know, so I think, you know, multi-sport athlete has, you know, the ability to, to thrive in that environment. I think, uh, you know, um, I saw something the other day where, you know, 48% of Ohio State's championship team from back in the, uh, back in the winter, they, they play multiple sports. So, you know, even at the high levels, you can still do that, yeah. you know, and, and I've seen evidence of that. I know just in, just in what little, uh, like with baseball, you know, in the fall, uh, you know, the kids, Blake, uh, I know last year played middle school, uh, he played middle school football, but the, he played baseball when he wasn't playing football, and it worked out good. And I know you mentioned to me when we talked over Graves County one day that that baseball and football really work well together. They really do, yeah. And, and those two, and it's just because how they kind of fall in the year, you know, because it's baseball being a spring sport. You know, once we we wind things down in whatever time it is in November, you can start going to the batting cage right away. You know, you, you can start you know working on your baseball. You got a true off season.
season. And then, you know, February and March, you start getting into your games, which you miss spring football, but then again, you're competing, you know, and then, you know, with your, uh, School season, it finishes up May and June. Really, with our football program, we don't really start getting revved up till about mid-July. You know, so that's what I want to tell a kid, you know, especially a baseball kid, that you know, we can make things work. Uh, of course, uh, Coach Johnson and myself, you know, we, we uh, you know, are, are kind of co-sponsors of SCA together and have a good relationship. Uh, you know, same way with the basketball coaches, you know, where, where we want to be able to communicate. And I think if a kid wants to play multi, you know, play more than one sport, and they're willing to kind of communicate that with their coaches, it, it can happen. Yeah, and you know, on on that uh, note, talk about uh, Fellowship Christian Athletes. You, I know you've got a shirt on, and that works well. But uh, what about the uh, kids at Marshall County that want to be in that? Can kind of talk about how that works and and how. Sure, you- I'll, I'll go ahead and, and be glad to give a plug about that. We started that last year, um, you know, and that's kind of been something that has has been a desire at the school for a while. And uh, you know, as I got you know to be named head coach, and of course found out that Coach Johnson had worked uh, with Eric Grogan through uh, West Kentucky FCA. He he kind of had. Uh, kind of a like a chapel service with the baseball team that's kind of how it got started so me and him talked last summer got a hold of eric uh grogan he kind of helped you know get us to plan a, a chapter at marshall county high school and you know we we're, we're kind of still in that you know infancy stage but uh, but we, we want to let people know that we're uh, you know available and out there and it's not just for athletes it can be people that you know love sports but may not be playing on a team but you know we can kind of have that common bond you know and uh you know from a spiritual aspect i mean you know, I think there's a lot of parallels to life and sports. You know, you know your success and failures, and, and you know having to work through adversity and and things such as that. So we try to use you know that as as kind of a you know a way to channel you know our faith you know in in, in the club. And you know, I, I had uh, a history in that. Of course, at, at Campbellsville, you know, as a as a Christian college, and was 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 a part of that there. And I got to you know spend some time at some FCA camps. So it's it's also kind of a part of of, of who I am. And then hopefully that that will be something that. Uh, you can continue to grow at Marshall County High School. Yeah, that's awesome. You've been listening to part one of Dax's interview. To hear the rest of the interview, click on the part two at DaxMyHand.com. <laughs>